0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini-episode 1200. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here for this auspicious occasion. I have two of the original FDH Lounge dignitaries with me and uh, two who uh, share additional titles uh, as well. Uh, I'm, of course, an original dignitary. I, Rick Morris, also the managing partner. We have uh, Nate Noy, original FDH Lounge dignitary, and uh, a couple of years back was christened the Director of Research for the Lounge. Uh, and that is very relevant as we get into our third edition of the FDH Lounge, 20, February 29th time capsule. So, uh, Nate, welcome back for another installment of this as our Director of Research.
1: I can't believe we're doing this for the third time, right? It feels like a couple weeks ago we did this. Uh, eight
0: years ago. Crazy. It's remarkable. It really, really is. And uh, a newly minted position here in the lounge. Of course, an FDH Lounge original dignitary, but uh, Chris Galloway, during our uh, celebration for the, uh, the program's uh, 13th anniversary as we're going through looking back at the 2010s and ahead of the 2020s. Chris Galloway, our newly minted Chief Futurist here in the FDH Lounge, well-deserved, my man. That's all I can say.
1: Well, and I, uh, I'm so good that uh, eight years ago, I uh, believe I predicted I am a Chief Futurist.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That was not one of Donald Rumsfeld's unknown unknowns. You were able to call that one. But uh, as as far as it goes, though, I will say before we get started here, for the point total of last time, because not all of these predictions that we do and our fellow members of the FDH uh, Academy of Arts and Sciences, uh, any of our other voters, some of these are just value judgment votes. There's no right or wrong answer. Some of these are predictions, and there is a right or a wrong answer. Steve Cervillo uh, ended up getting the most points correct last time. He got five points in 2016 for the predictions for uh, what would happen between February 29th 2016 and February 29th 2020 uh, from there Nate you were in second place with 2.5 points and myself and Tom Dank tying in third with two points so this is tough I mean there's... there's
1: Hillary got you. yeah Hillary got you. Oh, Hillary yeah got
0: you. yeah and there's a lot of potential <laughs> points at stake here there's a lot of points so that shows you we didn't get a whole lot of them right I will say, Chris, I told you this before, there's no way I wasn't going to bust your balls about this. Who will be president on February 29th, 2020? As we were going through here, you know, you were looking at it. I understand that you were thinking that it would be uh, somebody that would be uh, from the... Actually, no, this was, I'm sorry, this was from the previous time around. Last time you picked uh, Mitt Romney because you thought it would be by the House, no Electoral College win. It was the previous time. Uh, Bob McDonald, uh, governor of Virginia at the time, it was one of those things where it looked like a safe pick, Chris, and he looked like a consensus kind of a guy, till the stuff came out later on and he went to jail.
1: So somebody's well, picks are you know, more entertaining than others. Business, jail. You know, jail. I, I don't, his thing was overturned. He never actually went to jail.
0: Oh, he never did. Okay.
1: Yeah, what? no, Bob McDonald's whole conviction was actually overturned. Okay. The entire thing. They were eventually uh, missed zero time, and um, their entire conviction was was tossed
0: out. Interesting. Not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. Okay, so he didn't end up doing any time, but by the same token, in 2012, you really helped put this event on the map here, because I remember Nate and I just being slack-jawed when you predicted the advance of 3D printing. Literally the first time he'd ever heard of it, I'd ever heard of it, probably a lot of people had ever heard of it, you called it back then in 2012 as an invention that would happen that would be a notable technological advancement in the next four years. So that's the kind of thing that we're out to do here is to highlight those type of things. And like I said, that was uh, one of the great moments in the history of the show Hearing And Nate and I try to make sense of this in real time, what the hell 3D printing is.
1: <laughs> now it's a real thing. Shocking.
0: Yeah, yeah. So points to Chris for that. Before we get started on any of the predictions, the obvious elephant in the room is this one as the third edition of the February 29th time capsule. This is out of necessity the all things being equal February 29th time capsule. That being, as we are still in relatively early days of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, if you want to call it that, and I think it's not too soon to say that, uh again, who knows how it's going to affect the trajectory of any of the picks that we make here. And uh, again, we may end up looking dumb on some of these ones here just because that may change the course of human events in ways that we can't yet imagine. So this is a thing where, Chris, when I sent out the survey a couple weeks ago, I mean, I didn't even think to include this on here. This just shows you how quickly this is mushroomed. And uh again, we're making the picks we're making, I think, without taking that into effect but it may influence a lot of the stuff, Chris. Um, I think it most certainly will, but also why this exercise
1: is uh, so unique and why it's challenging. Because whether it's a, a pandemic or some other out of left deal black swan event, uh, that's what makes predictions so challenging.
0: That's right, that's right. And that's the challenge for you as our Chief Futurist as well as for the rest of us here. But getting into this, uh, again, uh, this exemplifies the FDH Lounge as far as being all over the place. Some of these are sports, some of these are non-sports. Some of these are hard and fast predictions uh, for which we can assign points on who is accurate. Some of it is just hazarding guesses for which there is no right or wrong answer necessarily. We start with uh, pro and college teams to win more than one title between this February 29th and the one in 2024. Uh, And these are all, of course, uh, members of the FDH Academy of Arts and Sciences. Uh, Tim Trammell votes for Ohio State. I I assume he means football. I'll just put him down for football. Uh, He didn't vote for anybody else. Dave Adams says the 49ers, the Dodgers, and the Lakers. So he sees a lot of parades coming in the City of Angels, at least four of them, in the next four years. Ron Glasnap agrees with him and says Lakers. Uh, Steve Servillo also says Lakers, but he also says Yankees and Chiefs, which that would be some heavy lifting for the Chiefs. That would mean that they'd have to they'd have to win three and five years to do that because, of course, the one that they just won would not count for this exercise. John Adams uh, joins the party and says Lakers. Boy, everybody is, is really sure that uh, LeBron is going to hold up and stay in L.A. and everything. Everybody's really... believing that that's going to happen, apparently. Uh, For me, Rick Morris, I'm saying Dodgers, not Lakers. They're, They're the team in L.A. that I think will do it. I will say the Milwaukee Bucks, because they're my pick at this point to win this year, obviously, the way that they're going. And I will say Clemson football. I think there will be somebody in the NCAA, and I think, to me, Clemson has kind of taken the mantle that Alabama was at as that presumptive team. So... Turn to you, Chris. Uh, do you have anybody that you think is going to win more than one title in the uh, next four years?
1: I only uh, have one team that I think he's going to. I don't think there will be anybody that will win more than one in that four-year stretch between the NFL and the NHL or NCAA. But I am going to go and hang my hat on the Boston Celtics to win two titles. Wow.
0: Okay think it's going to come up big for your boys. Okay. So that, uh...
1: Well, and and that's not just being homework. I like (laughs) where that team is going. I like the way they sit in terms of getting to the finals. And um, especially if Giannis bounces next next year. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: respect, whenever anybody goes against the chalk, and, and I think my picks uh, were, were fairly chalky, and they are in a lot of different areas, so props to you for thinking outside the box. Uh, Nate, you'd indicated to me off-air you were probably looking chalk in a number of different areas, so I'm curious what that means in terms of these sports picks. Yeah, Rick, man, the thing is that you look at pro sports right now, and I see a, a dynamic emerging Half for the last few years with power teams, the power teams, the big cities, just like the rest of this country, right?
1: Ninety-seven percent of our country lives in three percent of the area. Nineteen, and it just, that's how it works. The big cities, more people, the more money, the more highlight, the more everything. The Dodgers just loaded up. They're going to win multiple championships in the next couple of years. Look at what they just added to their team. I mean, the Astros now are in utter disarray with what happened with the cheating scandal. Maybe the Yankees are going to be there with them for a while with what they've got as a core. But you got to like the Dodgers. Just to, On paper, they look too good. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football right now, and that's why I like the Chiefs to win more than one. I know winning three out of five is a lot, but this kid does things I've never seen. I've been watching football like you have, Rick, for well over 30 years, and Patrick Mahomes does things on a football field that Montana didn't do, that Brady couldn't do. This guy does things on another level that I've never seen. I think he's a multiple champs. It's just question it In my mind, why he couldn't. There's nobody on his level right now in the NFL, and I'm not sure. College. He's still the best player in basketball besides maybe the Greek freak. I got to put my money on the Lakers. And then when you come to the college sports, uh, Clemson and the ACC, it's like they get an automatic Final Four every year, right? Who do they have to play? They can always these. Maybe Notre Dame will go in there this year and give them a game. I think that game might be in Notre Dame. But you got to like Clemson because they're always in the Final Four. And I pick Duke as well because, again, it seems like they're always there. They're in the mix. it won't be any NCAA basketball team get multiple for the next four years. That and if you're going to pick one, you might as well pick two. That's very,
0: where I'm at. very interesting. I will say this on baseball: I almost picked Yankees and Dodgers because I really think right now uh, there is a, a big, big cutoff between them and everybody else. What made me flinch on picking the Yankees is the, the one non-power team in baseball, by, by which I mean you know super team as defined by the media, basically. And, and they're the two-time defending NL East champions, and nobody considers them a super team, and rightfully so. But the Atlanta Braves, if Liberty Media ever starts spending to augment that young core, they should win a World Series in the next four years. Will they do that? Will they take advantage of the moment? I don't know. But uh, that's what kept me from picking the Yankees alongside the Dodgers and that one there. Uh, most titles in individual sports, what this one comes down to is who's going to win the most majors in the PGA uh, and who is going to win the most majors in men's and women's tennis. Also, will anyone in NASCAR win more than one title in the next uh, four years? Season title, uh, that is, obviously. So Tim Trammell selects uh, Brooks Kepka for the uh, PGA. Uh, nobody asked, but he said Nellie Korda for the LPGA. That wasn't one of the ones we were asking, but he loves women's golf, so we'll take his vote. Uh, he's saying, yep. Jokovic in uh, men's tennis, Pliskova in women's tennis, and Hamlin in NASCAR. Little, little recency bias as he filled this out right after Daytona, and he says Hamlin, but okay. Uh, Dave Adams says McElroy will win the most in the PGA. Federer in men's tennis. That's a real clip and save at his age if he can pull that off. Uh, and then, uh, again, I, he also has, uh, I believe, Kepka tying with uh, McElroy as well in that uh ron glasnap uh, just picking nascar he says joey logano steve servillo says uh dustin johnson in golf it will be nadal and golf in uh, tennis so he sees uh golf taking a big step up the next couple of years and and why not because the last time out there was a big tie for a bunch of them that won two titles in women's tennis in the last four years two majors and so, you know, if if that remains the standard, if it remains a splinter, she could certainly win two or potentially three. And uh, Kyle Busch is his NASCAR pick uh, for Johnny Adams, uh, Justin Thomas for golf, Yokovic and Kennan in tennis, and Austin Dillon in NASCAR. My picks, I said McElroy in golf, Yokovic and Osaka in tennis, and Kyle Busch in NASCAR. So... Well, swinging around to you, Chris, uh, how, how do you see this uh, shaping up in the individual sports the next four years? Well,
1: uh, starting off with NASCAR, I went Denny Hamlin.
0: Okay. In uh, men's tennis, I went uh, Ed Bedev, Okay. Uh, Hallep in uh, women's tennis, and Kepka in uh, PGA. Okay. It's to win the One. Kepko was going to be my pick until the thing came out about the back issues. And uh, given that I took him number one overall in the FDH Fantasy Golf League this year, I wish I had known about the back issues before the draft. But, you know, that's the way that things go sometimes. How do you see it shaking out in the individual sports, Nate?
1: Well, Rick, I went with the chalk at the golf and the uh, tennis with McIlroy and Zilkovic. I think they're, you know, clear at the top of their game. I mean, that one going to win one more championship between them and maybe a couple... NASCAR, I agree with Ron, I think Joey Logano, I mean, he's He's got everything going for him, he's one of the premium teams, you gotta realize, there's only like 12 drivers in NASCAR to ever have a chance to win a championship, because of the great gap between the haves and the have-nots, Joey Logano, clearly one of the haves, always in the hunt, And a very aggressive driver, maybe not the most popular on the Drake stack, but he's got, again, a unique talent. Not quite the differentiation that Patrick Maltz has in football, but Joey Logano's a heck of a driver, and if I'm going to put my money on him. I mean, Danny Hamlin might not be around for four years. I don't know. He's as old as me, I think. Joey Logano's (laughs) not. He's a young guy. He's in his front. He's got a number of years to go. We may be picking him four years from now as a guy who wins the most in the next four years.
0: Maybe so. Uh, and uh, did uh, did I miss that? Do you, do you have a women's tennis pick? It's not mandatory.
1: No, I went with uh, Ashley Barty because she's Barty.
0: number one. Okay, gotcha. All right. There you go. Uh, the next one here, will there be the biggest gate for a U.S. show in UFC or boxing? Now, oddly enough, I had to split this on the scoring from the last four years because the biggest gate was actually Mayweather McGregor. So I, I gave a half point to everybody that picked UFC. Every one of us here has picked UFC to be the biggest gate uh, for the next four years, even notwithstanding the fact that we may have a heavyweight boxing unification match coming up, and we'll have to see uh, what, what that still means in the 2020s. But, uh, Chris, I'm guessing you're probably not going to go against the consensus here and say boxing. Wrong
1: again, my friend. I went with
0: boxing.
1: Really? Okay. Yep. I like. Uh, I like uh, Tyson Fury three. Mm-hmm. That's another possibility. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, there is a chance for the heavyweight division to rebound in boxing, and boxing goes the way uh, the heavyweight division goes.
0: Very interesting. Okay. All right. One one vote against the consensus here, Nate. You going to make it too?
1: Nah, with the consensus, <laughs> I just see there's too many big. Big ticket names out there in boxing such a dying sport at this
0: point. I don't know how it's going to ever be uh, Yeah, it's definitely seen better days, no question about it. The next two categories, we'll take them separately, but they have a lot in common. Uh, Highest-grossing movie star and highest-selling musical act. Uh, These are ones where it may or may not be uh, possible to really forecast on this. Uh, for highest grossing movie star in the next four years, Tim Trammell says Bradley Cooper, Dave Adams says Emma Watson, Ron Glasnap says Samuel L. Jackson, Steve Cervillo says Michael B. Jordan, John Adams says somebody not yet on the radar, and I said The Rock. So, uh, Chris, who do you have for this category? I'm saying this is one of those topics that is, uh,
1: so difficult to predict, um, you know, what the big movie is going to be in the next four years, um. But um, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, uh, Sam Worthington. Okay. Because he's going to be starring in Avatar 2.
0: Okay. And I'm just going to go ahead and say Avatar 2
1: is going to be, <laughs> along with, you know, Kate Winslet, if you want to give the opposite, because she's going to be in Avatar 2, uh, It's going to be probably the biggest in the next four years, if you might
0: guess. Chris, you're not going to believe this. I'm looking back here at four years ago, and uh, Tom Denk made the pick four years ago, Sam Worthington in the Avatar sequel. <laughs> you, were, you were the second consecutive person to make that pick. Maybe they'll make it in the next four years. <laughs> hey,
1: you never know. If they go ahead and learn to get that movie out
0: in the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's hilarious that's cool. to me. And <laughs> I I think we can all count on the fact that in 2024, if they haven't made it yet, someone will pick Sam Worthington again. I look forward to seeing that happen. Uh, Nate, who are you going to go with for this one? Well,
1: I kind of was not on the radar. Now, four years ago, I
0: think I went with the Star Wars actors. Uh, you, who won the four years ago? Did you did you well, yeah. that one? Yeah, so Daisy Ridley uh, was your pick from four years ago, and ultimately this i would have had to have given partial credit to anyone from the leads from in, uh, Avengers infinity war and Avengers Endgame, basically that's what it came down to for, right. for any of them didn't and, see that coming. yeah didn't see that <laughs> didn't see that coming so
1: uh I, I mean, uh, what movie Samuel Jackson is going to be in the next four years? Cause
0: that'd be cool. I'd watch that movie. But what is it, Ron? What do you got in mind with Samuel for the next well, four years? That's pretty cool. I'll have to put that to him <laughs> off air. No question about it. Uh, so you said someone not yet okay, on, the radar? Yeah, got,
1: no, I'm on the radar? Okay. Uh, I like Chris's answer though. I think that's solid. Obviously, Avatar's huge in to, to late in tons of cash. But who knows? Three years from now, there might be a movie pop that we can't even fathom right now. So, i will go that sacred pick in my mind, not on the
0: radar. Could be, and we're getting a lot more of that option in the next category. Highest-selling musical act in the next four years. Tim Trammell says Lady Gaga. Dave Adams says Shakira. Ron Glasnap says Taylor Swift. Steve Cervillo, John Adams, and Rick Morris all saying someone not yet on the radar. So, how do you see it shaking out, Chris? Uh, I'm going
1: to go with this uh, kid there uh, that's Billy Childish. Okay. Yeah, that young girl. Okay. Uh, her debut album. She's um, she's a big deal with kids my daughter's age, man. She is uh, she's a lot of talent, and uh, you know she obviously just won a lot of Grammys. She just won some. I think she, she didn't win a. not she uh, won a uh, some other things out of it too. Did she get an Oscar
0: out of something? Uh, know, of movies, I don't even know. She performed at the Oscars. Yeah, and it, uh, so. Evidently, it's possible to be a big-selling musical act these days without even knowing who Van Halen is, which kind of blew my mind, but, uh, you know. you know, know, when
1: you're 18 years old, you know, eh, you know. Don't forget, 18 years old, I mean, just born in
0: 2002. Yeah, well, true, (laughs) true, but when we were doing our Oscars recap, uh, I I asked uh, my my co-host on that one, John Bastow, uh as far as because she i think she was performing yesterday for for a uh, montage that they were doing and i was like is that stunt casting because she probably doesn't know who the Beatles are right <laughs> i mean they, that's why they got her right, to do that right. yeah so that uh yeah that's that's uh that's a pretty safe pick right there no question about it uh nate which direction are you looking in here
1: well I hope Chuck D and Flavor Flavor are going to make a comeback and maybe really rock the house here in the next four years, but Chuck, I think Flavor Flavor like
0: 60, so I'm going to go Not On The Radar. Okay, <laughs> well... Uh, but, and I want
1: and, and if he's always Not On The Radar, I want you to know that I, I gave a lot of consideration to um, Guns N' Roses. Okay. Oh yeah, the word the word on the street is they're going to they're try to go into the studio and put an album. And if they do that, that album may end up being the one. Well... They'll get my money. I promise you that. They'll get my money, and I'm not the only one like me. So,
0: yeah, sign us up. Maybe they'll finally get around to releasing Chinese Democracy one of these days. Wait, what? So, we'll see. No, i already here, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <the fun>? Exactly. <laughs> so... The next one here. I'm going to take these two together. Who will be president and vice president on that date? Let's look at what the tickets are in everyone's estimation. Tim Trammell. I don't know if if he was if he intended to make this pick, but this is the like the most entertaining pick because obviously you'd have to be elected this year for this pick to take effect for next time, unless. We're seeing a lot of people get impeached and removed from office, and you get bumped up one way or another over the next four years. His ticket, uh, who will be in the office in 2024? Donald Trump Jr. and Jim Jordan. So uh, it would take a lot of gymnastics for that to happen by February 29th, 2024, but that was his pick. Uh, Dave Adams uh, with the more conventional route of uh, Donald Trump Sr. and Mike Pence. Those were also the picks for John Adams and myself. Ron Glasnap, interestingly, says for president, someone not presently on the radar, and for vice president, he poses the question, does it matter? And then uh, Steve Cervillo just put down question marks for both, so evidently that's not a pick. So Trump-Pence has been kind of the consensus pick here thus far, kind of like how it was eight years ago when the vast majority of uh, us at this time were saying Obama and Biden. Now, 2012 played out pretty much chalk from that point on. 2020, there's so much crazy crap that could still happen between now and then, uh, including, of course, the aforementioned coronavirus. But, uh, Chris, uh, whether it's all things being equal or not, how do you see it shaking out in four years? I'm going to throw the curveball. Okay. Because there's no reason to play this game if we're always giving those go chalk. Okay.
1: Not allowed to do it. Okay. If you want to
0: get shot, just go ahead and keep your ballot. Okay. I am going to go with go, yeah. Pence Haley. Pence Haley. Okay. All right. And That, I'll give you credit. That's a coherent scenario. I mean, that's you, you went outside the box, but you still have a coherent scenario. So much respect. Uh, Nate, what's your thoughts on this? I
1: had a couple of thoughts. First of all, the thought that the vice president doesn't matter. Let's find out
0: what happens if we have a 78-year-old with heart history Right. If the vice matters, That's not. right. If the vice president absolutely matters.
1: I'm going to go Trump still being president, but I think the more likely scenario is he tweets himself a freaking heart attack between now and then if Pence gets to become president. Okay. I mean, he's 73 years old. And he's in a very high-stress job. I think it's more likely he just bites the bullet than he just gets impeached again. But I'm going to stick with you still being president four years from now. Obviously, you mentioned around. I'm with a can thought I couldn't envision Hillary being our president four years ago. Rick. I didn't think Trump could be either. the man, Hillary being
0: president just didn't get – he couldn't, couldn't get my head around it. Didn't happen, thank God. And you know, 4 years from now, there'll be somebody with an RV-sized name as president. I promise you that. That does seem likely at this point. So you're, you're saying uh, Pence still is vice president?
1: Yeah, he was still vice president.
0: Okay. Uh, the next category is one where uh, I, I don't uh, expect that uh, this, this is probably one that you guys care about as much. But uh, for the rest of us who do, we all had different picks that we made here. Pro wrestler with the most days as world champion. That counts the Universal title and the WWE title for WWE+ the newly formed AEW, which of course did not exist four years ago. So whoever in either company has the belt, the big belt, most days. Uh, and you know what? And we'll, we'll even throw in uh, the NXT title in WWE since they're considering that to be the third brand as well. And that's where my pick kind of comes in. Tim Trammell says that the quasi-retired John Cena will have most days as champion, which uh, he, he admits he doesn't follow the product very much. That might have something to do with his pick. Dave Adams says Adam Cole, the present NXT champion. Ron Glasnap says Seth Rollins. Steve Cervillo says Roman Reigns. John Adams makes it a clean sweep for former members of the Shield. Uh, He doesn't go by Dean Ambrose anymore. Now he goes by John Moxley in AEW. And ironically, on February 29th, 2020, he fights for the AEW World Championship on pay-per-view. Revolution, of course, Saturday night. So we'll see how that plays out if he starts his reign as Johnny forecasts, I'm predicting the Velveteen Dream. So I guess I suppose he will start in NXT as champion, and move on from there. That guy looks like a main roster star to me. So, uh, Chris, uh, I'm sure this is one that uh, you don't care about as much. Uh, you you're willing to throw anything at the wall on this one? I'm I not even
1: going to attempt
0: to throw. Okay. I don't
1: know, and I wouldn't even
0: consider because <laughs> it would be terrible. Fair enough. Fair enough. I respect that.
1: <laughs>
0: well, the rock is about as plausible these days as John Cena, who Tim Trammell predicted. So you know, it. Uh, I, I
1: will,
0: I will, I will respect your uh, recusal on this one here. If you don't have a pick that uh, you feel has any kind of merit to it whatsoever, uh, how about you, Nate? I
1: think that Steve Jack Brooks will renounce his uh, fighting career and go back into wrestling. The top all C.M.
0: Punk, is like CM Punk. Punk, well, you know, again, off the radar, so to speak. I mean, he's back uh, with, a, with a broadcast job, at least roughly connected to WWE anyway, so we shall see.
1: Long, long <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, listen, I respect that, I respect that.